Hey y'all, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Nugabel podcast, all about stories of the South straight from the sources. I'm your host, Kate Robertson, and I'm based in the scenic city of Chattanooga, Tennessee. I have a passion for stories, and this is where some of the best ones get told. This month, I'm talking to some of the most badass women in business in Chattanooga. I'm sitting down with female entrepreneurs from all walks of life to learn about their businesses, how they got started, the challenges they've conquered along the way, and what makes them some of the most badass women in biz. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, a glass of sweet tea, or a nice old-fashioned and join us. We're so glad you're here. podcast and welcome back to the badass women in biz series for international women's month for march and tonight i am sitting down with gabrielle blades of blades creative which is a branding and print design company so welcome to the podcast thank you thank you for having me i'm so excited like you said we haven't caught up in so long so i'm excited to sit down and dive into your creative business and your creative process thank you i appreciate that i'm excited to catch up too yes um, so let's start from the beginning. What is your Chattanooga story? How did you end up here? I have a pretty interesting Chattanooga story. A lot of my life is based on intuition, and I think it really started when I moved here. So I moved here when I was 16, and it was because my parents and I used to visit Chattanooga for vacation and Lookout Mountain and all of this area. And at some point, my parents were into real estate, they're entrepreneurs themselves. And so they bought a piece of property on Lookout Mountain. It was supposed to be a vacation home, but they gave me the choice of if I wanted to stay in Hammond, Louisiana, or if I wanted to move to the Chattanooga area. And I was crazy and I said, I wanna move. It was something that I felt like I needed to do for myself. I was very young and I had like a good group of friends in Louisiana and I liked living there but I never felt at home. Visiting this area and being in the mountains and I don't know it felt like home to me Mm -hmm. and I knew I wanted to be in Chattanooga specifically so I just moved two years earlier than I planned on moving. Nice. Yeah. It's really awesome that you knew that at such a young age. It's kind of mind-blowing because I grew up a very shy child, or at least I was told I was shy. Mm -hmm. And so I think a huge part of it was, number one, I didn't feel like I was at home, but also I was pigeonholed into this person that I thought like that other people thought I was Mm -hmm. because I grew up in that town um, and went to school with a lot of the same people for so long. So it was existential for me. It was something that allowed me to become who I was supposed to be. I think back to what I was like at 16 and I definitely didn't have that fortitude or train of thought like I moved around a lot growing up but it was because of my dad's job not quite the same and it was more of like okay you're moving because you have to right and you're forced to like adapt to that but also choosing to adapt to that change is also a huge thing yeah I don't know what I was thinking (laughs) I also get bored really fast so that I don't know there's probably several factors to it but There was a lot of change in my town, too, 
this was after Hurricane Katrina. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our town changed significantly. And me being in Chattanooga, it was just such a like breath of fresh air. And it was very positive feeling. And the weather was amazing. And like as a 16-year-old, I was like, this just feels right. Like this yeah. just feels good to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I risked it and made some new friends. And it like helped me get out of my shell and... I was still the art kid, but I was the art kid in a place where I felt like I could, like, really create my own identity. Awesome. And sometimes you just need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, even to... I feel like I reinvent myself every few years, and, like, if, mm-hmm. I'm, if I'm not constantly growing and changing, I feel stuck. Yeah. So usually I'm not stuck. I'm usually, like, cons- like consistently growing. Mm-hmm. How fitting for a branding designer, right? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. You have to, you constantly have to learn and grow and change and learn about other people's businesses. And yeah, it's really, mm-hmm. it's it's very fitting. So jumping <laughs> into your business, um, you are a creative entrepreneur. Um, how did you get into design and branding and everything you're doing now? It starts as, you know, little Gabby back <laughs> in Louisiana. I have a very creative family. Okay. Uh, So, like I said, my parents used to build homes together from scratch. Like, my dad would, like, build the frames, help put the concrete down, and that was – I was always on site with them. My mom was right there by his side painting walls and building with him, putting sheetrock up. So, I watched them as a partner – as partners, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, do those things together. My mom also owned a salon, so she was a hairdresser. She had her own business. She worked with her own clients. Um, and then my dad worked offshore when he wasn't working as a construction, like as a contractor, I should okay. say. Um, so I got to see them like really be proactive and have their own businesses. And my mom was also very creative. So she loved to paint. She was a seamstress. She obviously did hair. She was, she painted nails. She, she's one of the most creative people I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, she does ceramic to this day. She's like always making stuff. She loves her cricket now. Um, it's a new <laughs> thing for her. She's making cards and like baby clothes for babies that she doesn't have yet. And, and mugs. And yeah, all that like mugs, like literally name it. She's making it. Um, she had a gift shop in St. Elmo for a second there. Like my parents are just very proactive people and very business minded. And I never saw it. I didn't know the word entrepreneur per se Mm -hmm. but like my first business was a card shop in my (laughs) like in our home nobody came to it but it was like pretend and I like you know those blow pins yes oh my gosh I was thinking about those the other day (laughs) isn't that such a weird invention first off but like (laughs) I had blow pins and I was obsessed with them and I would I would make greeting cards with them Mm -hmm. and like I was the kid who made greeting cards and sent them to hallmarks hoping they would like pick my card and like (laughs) I was so amazing that they would use it but my yeah best friend and I growing up used to make door hangers oh that's so fun um I had some like computer print program where Mm. you could like design design quote-unquote stuff and print shop I don't even (laughs) remember it was for kids specifically I don't remember what it was called but we used to make door hangers and sell them on the bus for like 50 cents. Oh my gosh, <laughs> entrepreneurship at its best. My sister, okay, so yeah, at a young age, you know when you're like made to be this person because my sister's the same way. She's an in insurance, but um, she started her own side business for a while and it's still going, but not as much. Mm-hmm. But she 
during a science project, they were supposed to sow moles, like the animal, and she sewed moles for other people and sold them to them <laughs> and then got in trouble because she was doing their homework for them oh yeah so yeah that was a little side note but yeah it's just it started at a very young age and it was always very creative and I was always entering art contests and going on art trips and like doing murals and like I was that kid and I enjoyed it and I was also on the computer a lot which I don't think about as much because it was just like a part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, we are of the generation that like grew up with those yes. as they were coming up. So like I don't think I can think of a time where we didn't have a computer. No, I can't. I remember seeing my first computer. Mm-hmm. It didn't do a whole lot, but I remember seeing it and I think I was just too young to use it yep. is what it was. Um, but like Kid Picks yep. was my jam. <laughs> Loved it. I would spend hours on getting pics. Um, and I think that was really influential mm-hmm. for my life now. And then like fast forward several years, I went to Dade County High School when I moved here. Um, and when I went to Dade County my senior year, I took a computer class and I learned about branding and I learned about websites. And I was like, I think I can do this. Mm-hmm. This would be cool. I get to like mesh like, my painting and all of the art side of me, and maybe I could have a job. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was about, like, having a a sustainable life at that point, because I was like, okay, I have to go to school now. It wasn't really an option. Like, I was going to college. Like, my parents wanted that for me because they didn't necessarily have it. Mm -hmm. So... I knew I was going to UTC. I didn't know anything about their program. I didn't care because I just wanted to go live in Chattanooga. That was my priority. (laughs) Uh, And so as soon as I graduated, I moved to Chattanooga and I was going to UTC. They said it was really hard and I was like, cool, let's do this. (laughs) And so it's a four-year program and I chose graphic design as my major and at UTC that's a bachelor bachelor of fine arts. Oof. Um, it's very much fine arts based. So it okay. was very much for me. I loved it. Um, because that's what most of my life had been was mm-hmm. being in the fine arts. So for the first two years, you're just painting, drawing, learning the basics of design, lots of cutting out little squares and putting them into motifs, like making things as perfect as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, figuring, like, drawing things with pins, like, lots of black lines, um, did a lot of tedious tasks. Mm -hmm. I feel like they really just try to test you because then you're looking forward to your sophomore review, which is when about 50% of the people who are in the design program or any other art major, for that matter, get cut. Okay. So it's very intense. Ooh. Yeah, you don't have time to, like, mess around. I'm assuming I can't curse on this podcast. No, you can. I don't care. (laughs) I'll try not to for my own sake, but (laughs) you can't mess around in the UTC art program. I'm sure it's not the only one like that. So if you get cut, what do you do? You have to change your major to art education or you try again. Okay. (laughs) So you just keep taking classes and then you go through the review again. But usually if you don't make it the first time, you're probably not going to make it the second. I feel like that's pretty rare. Okay. Yeah. So 
made it through sophomore review. Yay! It went from like 23 people to 13. Which oh, is wow. crazy. I feel like every year it gets more and more intense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then during your junior year, so you've already kind of hopped on the computer at that point. You're working with typography, like just trying to learn what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's really vague and they're just kind of like, here's this thing. Here's this project proposal. Do what you think you should do. And oh, here are these that's helpful. <laughs> right? Like, and here are these programs that you've never used before. Here are a few tips. Let's see what you can do. It's very proactive. It really is all about the critical thinking. Sounds like grad school. Yeah. That's actually, what my like, master's never, program was like. Okay, interesting. <laughs> like, I've never been to grad school before, but okay. But it was, yeah, it was very self-starting and like very much based on critical theory and problem solving okay yeah and if you weren't if you didn't put time into it you're gone yeah so it was really conceptual and very art-based even through like the senior thesis um and that's that's my whole design story that's how I got (laughs) into being a professional designer um but I'm not gonna lie I thought I was gonna graduate and be working somewhere in-house, which there's nothing wrong with in-house. I personally work with great brands that are Mm in-house and enjoy my time there completely. Um, But I thought I was going to be, like, designing yogurt packages and, like, going to the same place every day. Yeah. Um, Because I went into design because I wanted to have a career and to, like, make money and to, like, sustain (laughs) myself. And Mm -hmm. then, like, once you get away from, like, what your parents teach you to, like, what you actually want to achieve – Like, my parents didn't want me to be an entrepreneur. Like, for the first two years of my business, my mom was like, well, if this doesn't work out, you could always go to real estate school. And I'm like, (laughs) y'all paid for my degree. That was a gift you gave to me. Yeah. But I think they were just concerned. And I think it was out of, like, they they saw – they obviously were entrepreneurs in a way for a reason. Yes. And they were very successful people, but it took them – like, they built that up over time. And so I think because – of their experiences and how difficult it is, I doing, like, me doing it was scary for them. Gotcha. They didn't want to see me fail. Gotcha. I would, that's what I'm, that's what myself five years from mm-hmm. that point is seeing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's been a lifelong buildup for me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting to think, like, okay, well, I expected to be doing this one thing. And now I'm doing something way cooler and way more engaging and something that I love to do every day. Mm -hmm. And, like, I left school thinking, God, I just wish I could be a conceptual designer. (laughs) And I get to do that every day. Yeah. But I get to work with clients, too. Mm -hmm. And you have some degree of, like, choosing which clients you work with, right? I have now. I feel like I have a lot more power over that. Mm Mm-hmm. When you're first starting out, I think everybody should say yes to whatever you need to say yes to in order to, like, get experience working with people. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, I'm hitting my five-year anniversary in July. Yay! Which is also my birthday. Very nice. Yeah, so that's very exciting. I'll July. try to do something special. July is my five-year anniversary of living here. Oh, my God. Congratulations. So, you're almost a Chattanooga or something. <laughs> One almost. day. One day. I'm like 14 years in, so yeah, this is my home. Nice. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. I have like moments where I'm like, oh, maybe I should go, but I love it here. Yeah. I truly do. 
<clears throat> but yeah, what was I saying? I don't even um, know. We can segue into how did you start your business? Ooh, that is a really good segue actually because, okay, so after school, I didn't end up designing yogurt packets. I <laughs> ended up working for the city. Okay. Which was very interesting for an art student. It was a very self-starting position with the transportation department. It was on the Multimodal Transportation Center Study. Okay. (laughs) It's a mouthful. And I was hired to be a designer for that specific study. I did not know what it meant to be on a study for the city. Uh, I do now. But Mm -hmm. I didn't understand that there were really no deliverables by the end of it because okay. it's a study. So like there's no guarantee that anything is actually going to happen. You're just there to do research mm-hmm. and make things that could potentially happen or potentially help. And as somebody who came out of a program that like there was a deliverable for everything yeah. and like there was always like critical feedback that like meant something and you were going to have a final product out of it, like this that position was very hard for me. Okay. Um, I can see that. Yeah, it was Amazing, though. Like, I learned so much. Not only did I learn not to take vitamins during meetings, <laughs> a.k.a. pay attention. I feel like there's a story behind this. <laughs> oh, yeah. There, they have so many stories from my city job. It's so I cried, like, every single Monday. I got two great mentors out of it. Like, mm-hmm. there's good and there's – I mean, it's all good because I learned from every single moment. Right. It was a needed position for me. Um, but I, I like learned that showing up counts, Mm -hmm. like it was a part-time position. So I took a little bit of a break and just like did that for a while. And then I was so involved in the community because I was going to all these city meetings for transportation that people knew that I was doing graphic design. Mm -hmm. Um, I was there to do design, but I was also there just doing transportation stuff, Uh um, making maps and interacting. And so I actually got a side contract. I would call it a contract now, but back then I was like, I got another job. Um, And it was from Chelsea Conrad, actually, from... Oh, nice. Yeah, from Causeway. Mm -hmm. She had gotten her Causeway job, but she was working with Launch Chattanooga. Okay. And so when she left Launch, I took over her position there, which was also part-time. So then I had two part-time jobs. Mm -hmm. Uh, At Launch, I didn't really realize that I was entering, like, the entrepreneurship world. Okay. And... uh, I was super excited about it. I started to get to know these other entrepreneurs that were going through the program, and I started to brand the entrepreneurs that were going through the program. That's cool. It was so cool, and it was such a huge opportunity. Like, I feel so lucky because the steps that I've taken in my career have led me exactly where I need to be. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't even describe to you how everything lined up so well, Mm -hmm. and I feel very, very grateful for that. The stars aligned. Yeah, yeah. And, like, branding, we didn't learn that in school. They Mm -mm. tried to teach us. But, like, it's more or less a thing where you're put in a position and somebody says, oh, you're a designer? Figure it out. Can you make this logo for me? (laughs) Like, what do I – okay, what do I do? I need to research some stuff. I need to look on the internet and figure out what I'm doing. Yeah. So, Launch was, like, a really safe space for me to work with entrepreneurs that were very new in their business. It's when somebody did really well in the class and they won – a brand package. Okay. And so they want it with me who they're like, okay, great. I'll take a logo for free. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting paid by launch, obviously. Right. But <laughs> I got to do so many. Like I was doing like three logos a month 
for three years and Mm -hmm. it just built my portfolio and it helped me grow skills and like that was really important but I was also doing like in-house work for launch at the same time so that was my second thing that I picked up Mm -hmm. then I started getting ambitious and I was like think about all the things you were doing in school Gabby you could do more and so I started to pick the up. The curse of an entrepreneur. Yeah. You can do more. <laughs> yeah. Well, I took a break and I was like, God, I'm so bored. Um, I think <laughs> I I've rested too. enough now. Um, I slept for a week. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. So I started picking out more work, not really advertising myself. And then so I started my city job in 20, like early 2014. Mm-hmm. Blades Creative had its business license by July 2015. Okay. Yeah. So the city job had a, it was like a year and a half. I got the list, the license before I even ended the city job or it ended for mm-hmm. me. Right. <laughs> I should say. So that's how that happened. And that's like the technical parts of it, mm-hmm. but like the license, you don't even, I started the business before the license happened. Right. I really was just protecting myself because I thought, okay, this job's about to end. What am I going to do? I don't see any jobs in Chattanooga that I want. Mm-hmm. I didn't even apply for any. I applied for one job. It didn't end up working out. They didn't even hire a designer at all. Hmm. Yeah, so that it that worked out because I, I wanted to work to, at that place. Um, but that was after I launched my brand and everything. Oh, okay. Yeah, so license in July 2015 launched my actual brand in January of 2016 but had been working in between I just wasn't taking it super seriously just in case and I started doing like trade shows I put quotes around trade shows because it just it's not something that works super well for me Mm -hmm. and I just like don't do it very often but at that time I thought it was the thing to do right but like that was the official version of me advertising myself as Blades Creative Mm mm-hmm and it was really cool. Like, I think that when I, when that job didn't work out, it was right after I launched my brand and I recognized that since that didn't work out, like, I'm either doing this or I'm not. And I just committed to it and I was working from my home. I was kind of working in the launch office sometimes, but there was just a lot happening in that office. Love them. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but it was distracting. Mm-hmm. I was working on my dresser, like at home, <laughs> built-in standing piling desk. on essential oils for the stress, you know. Um, and then that was like spring. And then I decided that summer. I didn't tell anybody this. I was just thinking about it. I just went to the incubator and I looked at some spaces. And I told myself, I was like, if I find the right space that I want with windows. I'm doing this. Yes. And I did. And like the only space Catherine showed me was the space that I was in for three years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's the one I said I wanted. I'm doing this. This is my office. And that's why I ended up at the incubator. And that was like me feeling real. Mm-hmm. Like that really allowed me to grow. And I'm like super grateful for that. Mm-hmm. There's something about having like a dedicated workspace that adds that level of like tangible I'm doing this now Mm -hmm. because like right now my desk is my kitchen table right that can be so hard Mm -hmm. I'm like okay so I'm not in the incubator anymore which I feel like is a great growth thing for me Mm -hmm. Um, that's not something I need to lean on anymore but during this time of limbo 
I don't need to call it limbo, actually. I'm not in limbo. I'm working from my home, Mm -hmm. and that is totally fine. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. It's really hard to say that after being in an office for three years. Mm -hmm. Um, But now I have a new space, and I have a little dedicated office space. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like in the middle of everything, but it's a dedicated office. It's like this right here. Okay. You know? Y'all can't see it, but I can. Um, (laughs) It makes sense to me. (laughs) Right, yeah. And there's like a desk and like it's not in the way. And I am more productive than I have been in a very long time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I I know I work really well from home. Mm -hmm. That's how I started the business. Um, But I will say like if I'm not slammed, I'm procrastinating. Okay. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. I've been slammed since – last July so that's the good news Mm -hmm. but I think if I'm gonna have a lull that's when it gets hard to work from home yeah because then I'm washing dishes and you get a little bit restless Mm -hmm. yeah like I need to get out and about but then you also shouldn't be spending money Mm -hmm. because you're not you know bringing in the work right you know so I don't know there's a double-edged sword that comes with it yeah with everything as usual yeah (laughs) um so what do you love most about being a small business owner I love so much about it. <laughs> I really do. It's like picking a favorite child. <laughs> it is. Oh my god. I feel like this is something new that just popped in my brain, actually. I think my favorite part is that it puts me out of my comfort zone every day. Okay. Yeah. Like I can see that. I think that goes into the growth aspect of it. I love to grow and I love to learn. And being... A small business owner allows me new challenges every single day. Mm-hmm. I think if I had it any other way, I would be bored. I can see that. Yeah. That's my biggest fear of like, whenever the day comes that I'm working for myself, my biggest mm-hmm. fear is having those lulls and just being restless and being like, okay, what am I going to do? Right. But you're not going to let that happen. I hope not. Because <laughs> you are the person you are. Like, just like, there are lulls, but during those lulls, what am I doing? I'm working on the internal side of my business. Mm -hmm. So Hannah and I, Hannah is my executive assistant. She rocks. Um, Shout out for dealing with me lately. I've (laughs) been very stressed. Um, But we get together. So last year we had a big lull. Mm -hmm. At least it felt like a lull to me. I don't know what was going on. Um, For the first six months. And we were working on the inside of the business like crazy. And it paid off. Like, we won some awards. Mm-hmm. We have a little bit more rapport in town. Yes. If that's the right word. Um, I think so. <laughs> I'm not the best with vocabulary. That's okay. I'm a pictures lady. <laughs> um, I do a lot of research. <laughs> but it really set us up for success in 2020. And I'm so... I would not be here without her. And the lulls. Like, the you have to look at those lulls later on, at least. <laughs> Hindsight and all that. Yeah. <laughs> And think, holy shit, we did all of that during that lull. And then we continued that momentum through the busy time. And now look where we are. Yeah. So there's positive Mm -hmm. in the down times as long as you're using it wisely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would really love to talk about your creative process. So Mm -hmm. I have been getting really geeky about process lately. Um, I've talked about it in the last couple episodes Um, so knowing that this probably differs a little bit, like project to project, depending Mm -hmm. on what you're doing, but I'd love to talk about your process of, if you're doing a branding project for someone, like, 
where do you start and how do you carry that forward throughout the process? Yeah. I think this is very important to talk about and I'm really excited to talk about it with you for your sake and for just the audience's sake. Um, I think a lot of people who approach designers for a brand think that it's just going to pop out amazingly um, and that they don't have to do anything. As in like the client doesn't have to do anything. Right. The process with a brand is that it's collaborative, at least my process. Um, I disappear sometimes to do the work, but I'm always coming back to the client and saying like, let's collaborate on this. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? Um, Sometimes I think I'm right. And then a client, I will like fight to the death about something (laughs) if I have a reason for it. I will too. (laughs) And then at the end of the conversation, I look at the client. I'm like, you know what? Purple might be better, you know? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I, ha- I hate to say it, but you might be right. Yeah. At that point, we know each other well enough, so it's not it's not a problem. Right. Um, but, like, let me start from the beginning. So when a client approaches me, I have them do an initial questionnaire. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. I keep it super simple, non-intimidating. Um, it just gets them thinking about their business on a different level. I have one of those too. Yeah. They're super helpful. Yeah. And it just like gets them in the right mindset and helps them understand if they're ready Mm -hmm. or not. So we do that and then we sit down, we talk about it. I start to get to know them a little bit better along with their business. Um, And then I take their questionnaire and what we talked about and start doing my own research uh, that can be a word list. That can be me doing some sketches. Today I went to the – I didn't go to the library today. I should have gone to the library today, but <laughs> I was in traffic instead. Oh. Um, I drove to McKay's today. Oh, I love McKay's. Yeah, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I'm I've okay only been it. like twice, but <laughs> – It just feels so dirty to me. I, that's, oh, that's true. I have a hard time with it, especially with the coronavirus going around. Oh. Um, but I like just had to get through it. Anyway – so sometimes I go get books because the internet's just not enough. Like right. I make Pinterest boards and usually that's like one of the first things that I do is like get a Pinterest board together and me and the client share it um, so we can like create mood boards and we can look at our competition and we can look at what we like and what we don't like. The don't likes are just as important because yes. I'm not about to waste my time or the client's money and time. Mm-hmm. So just gathering a lot of information. That's like 50% of the process. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. So then once we do that, my typical brand package includes like a few different concepts. I don't – sometimes I'll work with people and give them one. I don't love doing that I would rather go through the whole process and like explore every option right but budgeting sometimes is Mm -hmm. a thing and I love small businesses and I love startups um we then look at our research and then I take that research and I create thumbnails and I create a lot of them and Mm -hmm. thumbnails for the audience are small sketches based on the research that I've done exploring literally every option we could ever imagine mm-hmm. i would say like 100 to 200 sketches okay um they're really ugly <laughs> um nobody really knows what they are until i talk to them about them which is the fun part mm-hmm. it's all about the concept so those are thumbnails that's like a very difficult part of the process so we sit down together we look at the thumbnails after i've been gone for two weeks exploring everything um and we choose three concepts that we want to explore 
And once we do that, I disappear again. <laughs> and I email them or call them if I need them mm-hmm. or if I need a resource, if I need a book or a photograph or a site visit. Um, and I start going in digitally. And so I'll create three different concepts. Three concepts is like the simple way of putting it. Mm-hmm. It's so much more than that. Oh, yeah. I just present three. And sometimes I present more even though I'm not supposed to. Above and beyond. I can't help it. I can't help myself. I need to set boundaries better. I'm working on it. Right there with you. Yeah. It's so hard. <laughs> Especially when you love what you do. Yes. And you love your clients too. That, mm-hmm. Oh, man. So tough. So then we sit down with the concepts. We look at all three of them. And from there, we'll move to one. Um, we can say like, okay, I really like how this typeface looks here. Can we try it over here? Um, I don't like how this looks hand drawn. Can we try it a little bit more cleaned up? That kind of stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's when we move to the final. I clean up the final. Um, and then we look at that again. We sit. It's very detail oriented. <laughs> we sit down. We look at it again. And <laughs> we then like really get nitpicky with it. Mm-hmm. And we'll choose, okay, like, is this typeface working? Uh, Are the colors working? Colors are always, like, really challenging because everybody sees colors differently. Yes. So, so tough. Um, And then I'll clean up things that, like, other people don't notice, except for me. And I have to get it perfect. Because you're the artist. (laughs) Right. So, that's it. And then we finalize it. I send it to them in every file type they need Mm -hmm. I have found that to be an issue when people come to me as like a savior Mm -hmm. that sounds so stupid not as a savior that's like too much (laughs) when they come to me as like a light at the end of the tunnel if they've had a bad experience is what I should say gotcha they usually have had a logo made from Fiverr which is fine if you're in the first year of your business Mm -hmm. I just want to say that if you don't know what you're doing yet get a Fiverr like I don't care. Mm-hmm. Come to me when you're ready. Like when you feel really secure in what you're doing, that's when it's time to go to like myself or like Taylor Kinzer or gotcha. Julie or, you know, other designers in mm-hmm. town. I love all of them. I like, like, let's spread the love. Yes. Um, But if you are in a hurry, if you are not sure of what your actual business mm-hmm. goals are. Like, tied on a budget. Tied on a budget. Just get something temporary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, that's a little side note for all <laughs> the business, like business owners and entrepreneurs. Anyway, so you'll get every logo type you need because I found that people, when they have a bad experience, they have like one PNG that's like two kilobytes. Yeah. What I give them is like a startup kit. So they get their logo files They with this specific package. I think a brand kit is really important. Yes. Um, I found that it's basically a requirement mm-hmm. if they're going, to, especially if they're a startup business. Like if they don't want me to make every single thing for them, they're going to need a brand guide because I don't want their brand that I worked really hard on to look bad when they're using it mm-hmm. because they're not a designer. Right. No offense. It's just a fact. Um, and I don't want their money to go to waste because it's not being used properly. Exactly. So the brand guide is super important. And then that package also comes with a business card design. Nice. Very simple. I leave them to WonderPress to get it printed. Um, but that's my process. That's my brand process. Nice. The essential brand package if you're curious. <laughs> <laughs> um 
One of the things that you mentioned was your, uh, the part where you're just like drawing and like Mm -hmm. creating and concepting and just the best part about, I think that phase is just like, nothing's holding you back. Mm -hmm. Just like create everything that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. And that's something I'm trying to push myself to be more comfortable doing. Yeah. Cause like I'm a writer. Mm -hmm. So like I write something and I'm like, no, that sounds like shit. Get rid of it. And I'm trying to be better about just, like, letting it happen Mm -hmm. because, like, shitty first drafts are a thing and just, like, keep it going and then go back because, like, you never know. Like, two days later, that shitty first draft could be something really awesome. Right. So, yeah, it's just, like, the importance of just, like, not holding back Mm -hmm. because you never know what's going to come out of your head. I love hearing that you're recognizing it. I think that's super important because... Okay, so one book that really stuck with me in school was Art and Fear. Oh, okay. I highly recommend it to anybody creative. Okay. Um, it is all about the fears that we have as creative people and artists and getting past them. And it's okay. literally about just like wiping your brain of any, you know, imposter syndrome or... Oh, that's a thing. It's such a thing. I get very intimidated when I have a project that I am very excited about. Um, like, I'll be very honest on Kalina's project for The Bitter Bottle. Yes. Like, I was like, it's... Ugh, I was so stoked that I got super intimidated and just procrastinated for a long time. And I have one... I have a project right now that I'm working on that I feel the same way. Like, the, the clients I'm so most excited about I get really afraid Mm -hmm. and I like get in my head about it. I'm like, oh, they're not going to like anything. Like everybody has those feelings. Oh, yeah. But I have to remember like you're just saying like taking that moment to just be creative. Like forget about the time. Forget about the money. Forget about the client. Like do what you need to do to get the creativity out. Yes. Or you're not going to go anywhere. Exactly. I truly have that conversation with myself often (laughs) (laughs) what's the joke i've seen on the internet like oh i'm not crazy i'm a i'm a solopreneur and i'm having a staff meeting yes i've seen that i'm like oh my god yes that's me especially when you work from home so often and you Mm -hmm. don't see enough people and then you're out in public talking to yourself (laughs) because it's so normal at that point i caught myself talking to myself out loud like walking down the aisles at costco the other day and was just like okay these old people in the aisle next to you don't care about that they can't hear you anyway (laughs) (laughs) probably not oh my goodness it's okay i mean costco is also really large it is nobody cares yeah (laughs) um so one thing that i've or that's been on my mind a lot lately is the idea of like resting and recharging as a creative. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes, especially as creatives and entrepreneurs, um, it feels like you're always on Mm -hmm. and like always working and always reachable. Um, So how do you find time to give yourself space and time to rest? And what are your favorite ways to, as my friend and I have been saying, refill the well? I like that. That's a very positive way to put it. I don't know. It's it's not like filling your cup. Right. Um, I love rest, mm-hmm. but I have a very hard time with it. Yes. Because I do feel like I'm always on. Like, my brain has a very hard time not thinking about everything I could be doing. Same. Also, I don't want to be doing stuff all the time. Like, that's not my ideal life. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually put in a new 
schedule into my calendar this year in order to make sure that I was having rest Mm -hmm. Um, because last year got really chaotic it was just crazy like great things happen of course but like I you just say yes to the things that you are great opportunities and then you lose track of every boundary possible yes um so coming into 2020 I actually set a special schedule for myself that was from 10 to 6 to allow myself mornings and to allow myself evenings and I I like that I'm trying it's like it sounds great but (laughs) um I would like it if I were following it. <laughs> and I feel that. Hannah asked me the other day, she was like, do you feel like your new schedule actually exists? And I was like, no, I don't. I feel like it is non-existent. Yeah. But also like in the, when you are given opportunities, sometimes you really can't say no. Right. So that is tough. Like it, everything ebbs and flows, as Tara said in her podcast mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was listening to it earlier. Um, and so like when things are busy, you have to really take advantage of that. Um, so I'm supposed to be working from 10 to 6 and taking an hour break for lunch. Okay. Which means I could take a micro nap. I've been really into micro naps. Okay. Lately, especially when I'm working not a 10 to 6. Um, so in the mornings before 10 a.m., I go to Ashtanga yoga. Okay. Yeah, so I started Ashtanga about two years ago, Mm -hmm. and I've been doing yoga for a very long time, but Ashtanga is very different in the sense that it's silent. You go in whenever you want to during a four-hour period. You do your practice, and you leave. Okay. So you can go in and practice 20 minutes. You can go in and practice an hour and a half. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very up to you. It is very up to you, which is just another thing that I relate to entrepreneurship. I feel like everything in my life is very like, well, this is going to be on my terms. Uh huh. <laughs> um, but I always have accountability, right? Somewhere. But Ashtanga has been very changing for me, just because it's a place to sort out everything. There's no distractions. It's just you and your brain and your body, mm-hmm. and I love that. So that's a way that I recharge. I recommend Yoga Landing. They're actually the only ones who do Ashtanga classes. Okay. Uh, yes. Are and they the one in Warehouse Row? They used to be in Warehouse Row, and now they are on Broad Street. Okay. Yes. Um, across from the Marathon, or the Raceway, one of those gas stations. Okay. Um, they have great vinyasa classes also. I love Della's class. It's the only vinyasa class I go to. Um, what else do I do? I've been trying to read more, like fun books. That's a thing that I've been telling myself, like, I feel like so much of what I consume is, like, related to Mm -hmm. marketing or writing or creative, and I am ashamed to say that I read two books in 2019. And you're a writer. And I'm a writer. Which usually means you're a reader. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But I I always find myself, like, gravitating towards these books that are, like, business-focused because I feel like I should be, like, learning all these things, and I'm like, no, no. Sometimes I just need something, like, easy and mm-hmm. fun just to, like, keep my brain engaged, yeah. but, like, not feel like I have to constantly be learning or working or something. Yeah. I 100% understand that. Mm-hmm. It is so hard to give yourself a break from what you're supposed to be doing. Yes. But, like, who gives us these rules anyway? We do. We do. <laughs> I, like, didn't have hobbies for two years. Like, I st- – this is – this totally relates to the rest piece because, like – for the first two years of my business, it was all business all the time. Mm-hmm. Or I was, like, going out with my friends. Yeah. Which is, like, not a hobby. 
I was also <laughs> very young, so it was fine. But, like, you hit a point where you're like, oh, my God, like, all I do is design and think about my business and, like, I need to, like, have an identity outside of that. Mm-hmm. Especially when you make your hobby into a business. Hello? Yeah. Yep. Like, I've even thought, like, oh, my God, I should do teacher training for yoga because I could be a teacher. Like, no, don't create the thing that's your escape into your mm-hmm. other area of income or another business or, like, a you, blog. Like You don't have be. to monetize everything. Right. Like, just enjoy something. Like, mm-hmm. so I'm – Especially now that I'm, like, decent at yoga. Like, I'm not going to say I'm good. I'm only two years into Ashtanga, which, like, if anybody knows about Ashtanga, it takes, like, your whole life to, like, be good at it. So I'm very much an amateur. But, like, it's okay to just have a hobby mm-hmm. and have something that you like to do. Like, it's okay to go get a massage mm-hmm. and, like, enjoy what you've made for yourself. Yes. Like, it's okay to take a whole Saturday off. Mm-hmm. That's a new part of my schedule is no matter how busy I am and how behind I am, I will always take Saturday off. It has been a game changer mm-hmm. that started in January and it really, it really helps. Sunday I'm supposed to work, but I'm having a hard time getting momentum back. That's yeah. the problem. Like when I take the Saturday off that I was taking off anyway, but thinking about work all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> been there Um, yeah um then on sunday when i'm supposed to work i have a very hard time getting to do that because i enjoyed my saturday so much Mm -hmm. yeah so now my sunday is more like my saturday used to be gotcha but it's still better than it was Mm -hmm. yeah you're still giving yourself time off yeah and hopefully not thinking about work hopefully not I mean, I could talk about rest a lot. I have more. I have more tips and tricks for rest. If you'd like to hear them. Oh yeah, let's let's, <laughs> let's go because this is something I'm. Let's go. This is something I've been struggling with for probably six months. Okay. Well, what do you do? I want to ask you so I can know. So I'm like very good at it now. Okay. For the most part. So my day job is I'm in the office usually around eight thirty to six, and I get there early. So I can leave at six o'clock. That's a very long day. It's a very long day. My problem is I'm a morning person. Okay. So I usually get, my alarm goes off at 5.50, which gives me time to snooze at once. Mm -hmm. And then I get up, make my lunch, make my coffee, feed Maggie Cat, Mm -hmm. and have breakfast. And usually somewhere I can squeeze in 20 to 30 minutes of work on the podcast, Mm -hmm. blog, something. Right. Then I, so I'm doing that and then I go into work. By four o'clock, my brain is just shut off. Yeah, that's, ugh. Sorry, I'm sure you love your job, but like that is a long ass day. It, it is. It is. <laughs> it's a very long day. And then I come home and I'm podcasting yes. or working on a blog or writing emails or anything. And I told myself at the beginning of the year, I was going to give myself Mondays off mm-hmm. or like Monday nights or right. Like, at least from your. The Nigga Bill bod- podcast stuff and your other right. side work that you're doing. Right. Okay. Give give my di- give myself Mondays off from side work. Mm-hmm. That lasted about three weeks. Mm-hmm. So I feel ya. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out ways to like truly rest and get myself to turn off because yeah. I know I need to refill the well. Yeah. So I'm struggling with that. Um, 
like Friday nights is usually when me and my boyfriend do our thing because he's mm-hmm. not here full time right now. Mm-hmm. So we only get weekends together. So, but I also tell myself like if I work a lot during the week, then I can relax on the weekends, mm-hmm. but that doesn't always end up happening. And Right. I mean, I would say micro naps are great. Just kidding. Um, no, <laughs> if, if I could, I would. <laughs> right. No, but also like micro naps are hard because your brain's still going. I only micro nap if I really need it. Okay. Um, so how how are we talking? Like fifteen minutes or like five minutes? I have a very hard time with naps in general. This is very new for me. Um, I would say about twenty minutes is okay. the sweet spot. If it goes more than twenty minutes, it becomes forty five, and then that becomes two hours. <laughs> So yes. I used to be a two-hour nap person. Can't do that. So I just never napped for like five years. Mm-hmm. Recently, I've been bringing the naps back in, and I find that 20 minutes is just right. Okay. Yes. Good to know. And you like have to get up at that 20-minute mark. Um, but I will say, it sounds like you need to take baths more. The sad thing is I do them once a week. <laughs> oh, so you're on it. Okay. They don't help. That's the problem. Oh. <laughs> Okay, meditation. That I do need to do. It is awesome. I feel like it, so I meditate almost every night. Okay. Almost every single night. I love the Insight Timer. I highly recommend it. They have so many options for you. I think it's a free app. I can't remember. I just was like, sure, I'll buy it with my Mm -hmm. thumbprint. Yes. Um, (laughs) I don't know what it is, but like the more obviously... (laughs) There's, like, science behind it, of course. But the more I do it, the more, like, if I'm doing it every single night, I recognize a huge difference in my reactions to other people. I recognize a huge difference in my sleep Mm -hmm. before I go to bed. People make meditation sound like this thing that, like, you have to, like, be so focused on thinking about nothing. Like, no, that's not the point. The point is, like, just sitting still and, like, like, kind of just being aware of what's on your mind. And figuring out what you want to do with that. Okay. Yeah. So, like, if you want to feel more confident or whatever, I don't know, you can tell yourself during the meditation, like, I want to feel more confident. I am more confident. I feel more confident. Mm -hmm. Like, you can just say a mantra the whole time. Okay. I don't know. I've, like, really found peace in meditating. Okay. Yeah. It... I don't know. It helps a lot of things. Maybe I will make that one of my second quarter goals. Maybe don't do it like every night at first. Okay. Start trying it like uh, three times a week. Okay. Because it's a lot. Like I started out doing it like every other day and I paired it with journaling, but I also had a life coach at the moment, which was like, I did a lot of stuff at one time. Okay. Because I'm that girl. Like <laughs> if I'm doing life changes, I'm like gonna do it all. Yeah. Um, I'm learning that that's not always what I should be doing. I need to like focus on one thing at a time. Um, but yeah, journaling is awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't do it as much anymore because it's exhausting. Like that's exhausting to me. Yes. Meditating is rejuvenating to me. Okay. Yeah. Um, I had a realization about my bullet journaling. Without being exhausting. What's this bullet journal thing? Actually, I feel like we've talked about it, but I want to hear about it again. Okay, so I started it like halfway through, eh, a couple months into 2018. Um, I originally was using a bullet journal as a creative journal, an idea dump, and a like day-to-day, week-to-week planner. Mm -hmm. Because I hate carrying more than one notebook. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to like condense it all into one. Well, then I found over time that I was using it more as a creative planner to like jot down ideas or to like flesh out 
blog posts or like bigger projects that I wanted to do, not so much the like week to week or day to day planner. And then I also realized like sitting down and like drawing out my weekly spreads was just kind of annoying. <laughs> and I was like, it's time consuming. It's too. time consuming. And at first it was like meditative and I was like calming myself down because I do it before I went to bed. And then I was sitting down one day to do it and I was like, I just really don't want to do this. <laughs> so Yes, I love that. Um, my dad gave me this really nice, like actual planner calendar for Christmas. So I've been using that as my day-to-day planner Mm -hmm. and I've transitioned my bullet journal to more of a creative idea dump, more of that type journal. Right. And that's working really well for me. Cool. I mean, we all have our process, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You got to have so many options. Yeah. To keep your life organized when you're doing so many things. Yes. And, like, I love that you have your, like, creative outlet and then you're, like, here are my to-dos. Those don't feel like they live together to me. I tried to make them live together and for me it didn't work. Okay. That makes sense. I have countless notebooks and it's very disorganized and somehow I get stuff done. I've got... Let's see. The bullet journal. I'll show it to you when we're finished recording. I would love that. Um, I'll show you my 2019 one, too. Um... My bullet journal, my day-to-day planner, and then I have this little small notebook that um, my friend who actually redid my blog design like two or three years ago sent it to me and it just has like the little logo on it. That's so cute. Um, So I use that for like very specific Mm -hmm. things. So like I'm planning a series for my email list for April. So I've used that to like plan that out. That's awesome. So... That, yeah, process. It's a weird so thing. So many plans and processes. Yeah, I love hearing about other people's processes. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Yes. Especially for a writer. Um, One last thing I wanted to touch on before we move on to the jar and wrap up. I'm very um, excited about this jar. <laughs> um, what? We've talked about a lot of things mm-hmm. in the almost hour we've been talking. Um, So... Lastly, what advice would you offer to aspiring creative entrepreneurs? Oh, I love this question because I don't always know the answer. (laughs) Don't stray from your process for a client. Okay. It's in line with what we've been talking about. Yeah, it is actually. Um, I mean, I feel like I could give a lot of advice. I think that's really like the core of being a creative entrepreneur is having your process Mm -hmm. and that's what makes you special. Yes. And your clients are going to want to work with you for that specific process. And if they don't appreciate that, they are not your client. Mm -hmm. They're not your people. Right. And this is something I have to remind myself of often. I stay in scarcity mode often. Okay. This is something I'm actually, so I'm in the being boss community. Yes. And this was one of the questions she asked recently, Emily, to be exact, um, was like, what do you struggle with? Entrepreneurs three to five years in, what do you struggle with? And I still struggle with scarcity. Okay. Even though I'm in an abundance mindset and that's what I'm like bringing in from the universe. Mm -hmm. I struggle with that scarcity feeling all the time okay which means I say yes to things I probably shouldn't Mm -hmm. um and then I have to remind myself of what I just said to the audience of like do not stray from your process do not say yes to clients that are not yours Mm -hmm. because you will be miserable 
the project's not going to turn out the way you think it's going to or you want it to. You're not going to want to show it off. It totally defeats the purpose of anything you're going to do. Yes. So that's my advice. I like it. <laughs> Thank that you. Was beautiful. Thank Beautifully you. said. I appreciate that. All right. Moving on to the jar. If you have been a loyal Nougabelle podcast listener, you know all about this. But for new listeners... This is my mason jar filled with colorful pieces of paper with fun little things for us to talk about. I'm excited about this. So we'll each draw a couple and then we can answer each other's questions. Oh, like how many do you want me to draw? Um, I think we'll do, let's start with two and then okay. go from there. So I'll go first. I'll do this pink one here. One thing I'd like to learn to cook. I answer the question? We both will, but you go okay. first. Oh my god, I actually made gumbo from scratch for the first time this weekend. Ooh. But that I already made. But that was like a, that's a, that was a huge accomplishment. Something I want to learn how to make. Ooh, spanakopita. Ooh, yes. Yes. It would be so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just love Greek food. That, that would be very good. I've seen that on Great British Bake Off several times. Really? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's easier than I think it is. Not making the phyllo dough part. Yeah. Like, I'll get that frozen. Yeah. <laughs> Some things just aren't worth making on your own. No, apparently that takes, like, a very long time. Yeah. Like, not days, ideal. months. Not I ideal. I don't know. So one thing I would like to learn to cook that I just discovered today, um, one of my coworkers had made, like, Cuban-style beef. Yummy. Um, like, vata frita or vaca frita, whatever it is. Okay. Um, but it basically means fried beef. But mm. it's like flank steak and you cut it real thin and then, or no, flank steak and then you boil it and then you cut it real thin and then you fry it real crispy. Oh my God, that sounds so good. And it smelled really good. And I like walked by her desk and was like, pardon me, but what are you eating? <laughs> because it smells very good. <laughs> I love that. That's, That's so funny. The one benefit of having an open office is I yes. smell everything and I can just be like, what is that? Yeah. What you got there? <laughs> What's funny to me is I'll go to Lodge and they have an open concept office as well for their marketing mm-hmm. team. And I go there and I'm like, oh my God, what smells so good? And then the person's like, oh my gosh, it's my food. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, no, I'm saying your food smells amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you eating? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the immediate apology always throws me off and I'm like, no, it smells good. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's my tone of voice. I don't know. There are a couple of things that like, I haven't been making Brussels sprouts as much now that I've discovered I can eat broccoli, but Did I- you not eat broccoli before? I couldn't. What? I okay. know. I'm weird. Um, but I always like preemptively apologize to my office when I took Brussels sprouts to work. Yes. So I'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm about to stink it up. It's just Brussels sprouts. Don't worry. But <laughs> broccoli smells the same though, kind of. And honestly, if it's seasoned correctly, it smells delicious. Yes. Ugh, yum. Making me want some vegetables. Says nobody ever. <laughs> just kidding. I love vegetables. Okay, earlier I asked, because I was like, am I supposed to get these at the same time? We I'm can. such a, like, rules person. It's so ridiculous. Are you an Enneagram 1? No. I almost said, thank God. And then I realized <laughs> Jody Lawrence, who I adore, is a 1. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a two-wing 1, so. <laughs> okay, oh my God. Well, I feel like there's, like, so much perfectionism that comes with 1s. Yeah. And I, like, don't know if I can handle it for myself. Um, But I, like am attracted to ones okay. as friends. Yeah, like gotcha. I respect them. Okay. Um, I'm a three. 
Okay. Yeah, so I'm the achiever. I can see that. Very creative and emotional. Wing four. Okay. Yeah. I'm a two wing one. I love that. I love that you're a two. Twos are so sweet. How do you feel about being a two? Um, it has helped me learn a lot about myself. Yeah. And how I respond to certain things. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Everybody Uh, has learning to do though. I really dove into it after I got out of like a really toxic relationship. Doesn't that happen though? Same. And then like the more I was like learning about it, I was like, oh, this explains why I reacted in certain ways to this and why I was approaching this in this way. And I was Mm -hmm. like... It was, like, overwhelming almost. It's mind-blowing. I go to a women's circle based on the Enneagram now, and we talk about our feelings. Oh, that's so nice. all of our numbers. It's like cheap therapy. <laughs> it really it, it is. Agreed. <laughs> yes. Although therapy is also good. Yes, it is. But group therapy with some lady friends is Even, so amazing. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, man. I just love that. T- I, like, could talk about that all day. <laughs> Sometimes I think I'm a wing, too. But then I'm like, no, I'm not that giving. (laughs) Okay. Name something you think is overrated. Are you going to go first? I'm thinking. I I have like a go-to answer, but I've said it before, so I'm going to try to mix it up a little bit. I think a lot of things are overrated. (laughs) Well, yeah, I do too, but... um... I can't even think of it. I'm thinking, like, my first thought was TikTok, but I haven't even explored it. I have no idea. So, here's, here, here are my thoughts on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I still don't quite understand it. I don't think, or I don't know if I will ever, like, create content on it consistently. But I do enjoy scrolling through it, mm-hmm. just kind of mindlessly, because there's a lot of really cute animal content. Oh, I love animal content. Okay, that makes sense. So I'm starting to like see the value of it in certain situations or mm-hmm. for certain creators or brands or whatever. There are not a lot of brands on it right now. Okay. Um, so I scroll through it purely for entertainment. Mm-hmm. And there are some really, really cute animal videos on there. Okay, that actually makes me want to use it. I don't feel like I really gave an answer. Well, my go-to answer is usually Chipotle. Oh, it's a food thing. Yeah. I'm okay with Chipotle. I would say it's overrated as well. But... I had to make sure I was saying overrated, not underrated. But for the sake of coming up with something (laughs) new, that's not my go-to answer. What do I... I feel like I have this conversation with my friends, like, on a weekly basis. We're always talking about something that's overrated. Now I can't Um, think of it. I can tell you what's not overrated. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Just kidding. I'm going to give you an answer. The answer for me is being busy all the time. That's like a real answer. Being busy all the time is overrated. Yes. I fucking hate it. Yes. Excuse my French. <laughs> That's okay. But I also need to be busy yeah. for the most part. But like busy isn't a competition. Oh my God, I think I saw something about this recently. But like, also that's why I take Saturdays off because like mm-hmm. nobody should be working all the time ever. Mm-hmm. And also like, it doesn't just have to, I can go, this is a tangent. It doesn't just have to be work. Like if you're keeping yourself busy with everything, nobody cares. Yeah. Like nobody cares how busy you are. Right. I'm guilty. Like I definitely am like, oh, I can't do this day. Here's my Calendly link. Mm-hmm. But like that's like first off, that's just being a business owner and being busy. Mm-hmm. And like second off, it's because I take out time from my Calendly and my calendar mm-hmm. in order to take time to myself. Yes. I'm, I am a little bit of an introvert. Mm-hmm. I need time to recharge. 
no, I don't want to hang out all the time. Like, I'm literally thinking about your podcast that you recorded with Tara, I think, or somebody. And you were explaining, like, I need time to myself. And I was like, yes, (laughs) me too. Yes. So being busy is overrated. Yes. I like having some time to be bored. Mm Mm-hmm. Give it to me. I need to force myself to have time to be bored. Um. I can teach you. Yes. Um. Okay. Oh, look how sweet Maggie's being. Hot take. Cold pizza is overrated. Ew, agreed. <laughs> Not a fan. Cold pizza is so gross. I don't even think that's an option for me. All right, let's uh, let's go a little bit deeper down here. What's one of your guilty pleasures? Oh God. Vanderpump Rules by far. Okay. I've never actually seen it. Okay, that's Stassi is from Vanderpump oh, Rules. Oh, okay. Who I re- who I said earlier I was going to see her this Friday. I am oh, okay. going to see her this Friday. And I get to meet her. Oh, very nice. And I hope she hears this podcast. She's not going to. <laughs> I mean, she's probably touring and busy yeah. and doing her stuff and recording her own podcast. But mm-hmm. um, I am... A very big fan of Vanderpump Rules, mainly because of Stassi. Mm -hmm. She starts out very lost, like several years ago. I've been watching since the beginning. Um, And now she is like this successful entrepreneur woman. And she is funny. And she's from Louisiana, which I love. But she lives in LA. And she has a book, which I haven't even read, but I don't really care. (laughs) Um, But... I do care about the book. I just like, yeah, I'm not a huge reader. Gotcha. But this is my second time going to see her podcast live. Nice. And me and my sister go together because we watch the show together. Mm-hmm. And my sister got me tickets, VIP tickets this time so we could meet her. Oh, that's so fun. And we made her a ranch bottle out of wood. Oh, <laughs> that sounds so like not attractive, but like my sister's very good at making signs and stuff for homes mm-hmm. and so she cut out this wood sign and we bedazzled it and she loves ranch so okay like, we made a bedazzled ranch for her new home <laughs> because we're creepy and oh that's yeah. so fun. can you tell it's a guilty pleasure i've <laughs> talked about stassi for like five minutes uh so similarly um i dove into love is blind oh on my Netflix. god <laughs> i love it i love trash tv like generally bring it on mm-hmm. i can watch it all day Tell me about it. Um, Tell me everything. So, let's see. I My boyfriend and I randomly turned it on last weekend. And we only watched, like, three or four episodes. But, like, once you leave, I'm turning it on because, mm-hmm. like, I need to know. You need to know. I know everything. Yeah. So, right now, <laughs> what's the first couple? Lauren and Cameron? Yes. Cameron's the uh, scientist. Yes. And Lauren is, like, a badass producer. Yes. Yes. Um, so they're engaged. And then, um, what's his name? Like, Barnett or whatever. The the one that I think is kind of a D-bag. Yeah, I'm trying not to ruin anything for you right yeah. now. Um, he's, <laughs> there's, like, him and then the other guy are both into Jessica. Mm-hmm. Jessica. Yes, who sounds like a valley girl. She sounds like a baby. <laughs> a baby valley girl. Ugh, she's okay. She's you'll not find, my fave. You'll find out. I'm trying to be very unbiased because okay. I want you to, like, have the reactions I got to have. Okay. Well, you'll be yelling at the TV at some point. Okay, good. <laughs> I love that that's your guilty pleasure. My newfound guilty pleasure. Newfound. What's your, like, consistent guilty pleasure? Fried rice. Oh, 
Yes. <laughs> I had to really edit myself there. <laughs> I love some fried rice. I love food in general. I love nachos. Mm-hmm. Yes. Chips and queso. Oh, yes. Love food. The, the, the curse of being upstairs from Taqueria Jalisco. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. At Miller Plaza. I don't think oh. I could handle it. It's it's hard. Like, weeks like this when it's, like, rainy all the time, yeah. I just want to go downstairs and get, like, chips and queso and just sit there. Yeah, you're like, I packed my lunch, but, like, who needs it? I'd rather just go get some nachos yeah. and some tacos and mm-hmm. maybe a margarita at lunch. And literally Oops. everything else. <laughs> all right, round us out. Oh, it's me. Okay. Oh, this is a good one. What are some of your goals for 2020? Write the first draft of my cookbook. Oh my gosh, I hope you do that. That would be awesome. I've got an outline. Okay, that you're already there. I just need to write it and take pictures and write recipes. Hell yeah. Okay, that's a lot of work actually. Writing recipes, woof. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Well, I'm here But for I also you. have to do R&D, so I have to, like, test all the things, which yeah. is also a lot. But I feel like if I can get, like, a draft done by the end of the year, that's a good step. I agree. I've never written a book before, nor have I wanted to, so more power to you. I'm I, also not a writer or, or a chef in any way. <laughs> I started wanting to be, like, a novelist. Okay. And then I was just, and then I was a creative writing major in college and I was just like, you know what? Maybe this isn't the type of writing I need to be doing. Right. Writing a cookbook sounds way more fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I get to eat. (laughs) Yeah, and you could like feed people like me. Anytime. And we could podcast about it. Oh, yes. That sounds awesome. What about you? That was not what I would like. Oh, I love that. I am so excited about that for you. Um, Mine for 2020... I have, like, normal goals <laughs> for, like, I have, bl- like, Blade's creative goals and I have personal goals. Mm-hmm. And, like, I more or less have a word of the year for each of them. So, like, the word of the year for Blade's creative is awareness. Okay. So that covers basically everything. Like, mm-hmm. just being aware of, like, who we're working with, how much time we're spending on things, um, what kind of clients we want to bring in. Finances is huge. Yes. Honestly, my entire 2020 should be based around, like, figuring out a budget and, like, being aware of that stuff more. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I mean, honestly, I just want to continue my self-care and, like, take care of myself mm-hmm. and, like, really find what makes me glow. Yes. Yeah. I like that. Thanks. I'm getting there. Feels good. <laughs> Feels good. Oh, yes. All right. That's a good note to end on, I think. I think so. Yes. Thank you so much for joining me and sitting down and chatting with me. Yeah. Thanks for Um, having me, Kate. Where can people find you and your business online? All right. Um, The website is www.bladescreative, blades with an S, dot com. And our Instagram is at blades underscore creative. And Facebook is probably the same. We don't really use it a whole lot. Okay. <laughs> and then um, I've been a part of this new thing called Ladies Design Social that Erin from Neat Pony and I started. Okay. We don't really have ownership over it. We just want it to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but for any female creative or designer, it's at Ladies Design Social and we do quarterly meetups. We just did one and it was really, really awesome with Powell Market. 
Nice. Awesome. I will throw all that in the show notes when the episode goes live. Awesome. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with me. It has been an absolute pleasure. This has been another episode of the Nougat Bell Podcast. Thank y'all so much for listening, and I'll catch y'all on the